Andino Andina. The story continues. Lights, sparkling like impossible paparazzi, went from too bright to look at, too white, then all the way down to the visible color spectrum, like spectacular but uncoordinated fireworks. Suddenly I became aware of the sofa underneath me. Crap! I must have pulled myself out at the very last minute. I chided myself mentally. Don't try to move. I heard Risha's voice still in my head. Just breathe deeply and slowly. When you are ready, start wiggling your fingers and toes. I felt the cool, wet towel being placed on my forehead and over my eyes. Easy now, gently does it. The voice reminded me a lot of Risha, and at the same time, I knew it wasn't. I fought my natural reflex to open my eyes and look around. Not too difficult, as even the slightest movement of my eyeballs refreshed my initial wave of nausea. I tried to lift my arm, and it would not budge. It felt as if filled with cement. Well, at least my arms and legs are still there, and I can feel them, I said internally to calm myself. Easy, Jacqueline. Just your fingers and toes to start with. Get the circulation going in the hands and feet first. Near me I heard someone take a shuddering breath. Don't panic, just relax, soothed the voice. Just relax, Anna, it's okay. Just breathe for now. Suddenly my sense of smell was back and I could smell flowers. My hands were starting to cooperate and obey my encouragement to move and my feet were not far behind. I flexed my ankles as awareness and circulation continued to improve. The wet cloth was removed and my eyelids pinged open in an instant. I blinked and blinked until the cloudiness cleared and I could lift my head and look around me. Risha and her twin smiled back at me. The twin, who I realized must be Alexia, offered a glass of pale amber liquid to my lips. Have a sip if you can. It's just water with a little honey. Risha says it helps with grounding. I took a small sip, swilled it around my dry-as-ashes mouth, and let it slip down my parched throat. I noticed I seemed to have forgotten how to swallow. I took another sip, and this time it was easier. Not bad, said the other woman, who I noticed was dressed in a dusky pink sweater. It's been just short of twenty minutes since you appeared. Well done, girls. I looked around the familiar walls of the cabin. There was no sight of our stuff in it, or the cat's. Alexia and I thought we could use the cabin instead of my house, as it was unoccupied right now. It would be familiar enough, and no one to bother us. Unlike my house, Alexia laughed. Alexia has three late teenagers, Risha explained. Two daughters and a son. Who's the... My reedy voice rasped. Never you mind, Risha interrupted. Manuelo. Manuelo as in... <coughs> I said, clearing my throat. As in Manolo, Bron's driver, yes. We both met Bron and Manuelo. She, Risha nodded affectionately towards Alexia, ignored Bron and the mysteries of metaphysics and set her sights on his friend. 
Can you blame me? I was a bored eighteen-year-old, and he was a hot and handsome stranger. What did you expect? Alexia laughed. A part of me registered that the couple had waited quite a long time before becoming parents. See what I mean? I heard Risha's amused comment in my head. All about hormones she is. She smiled at Alexia. I realized Anna must have heard too because she laughed. He's still handsome, so there, Alexia said. Different choices explored all around. I didn't know what to expect, croaked Anna, taking the glass from Risha's hand. She took another sip and cleared her throat. I guess her body wasn't on that list. How else were you planning to get around? laughed Alexia. I didn't really have time to think about that. You both did extremely well, Risha said proudly. I barely had to do anything at all. If I had told you in advance, you'd be far too preoccupied with how and wondering if it was even possible. Now you know. Whenever you feel ready, do you want to go for a little walk around town? I made to stand up, but my sense of balance felt all askew, and my new body felt far too light, almost as if it was filled with packing chips instead of the usual flesh and blood. Gravity 2.0? I giggled. I held on to the sofa while I adjusted to the new sensation. Anna made to stand as well, and would have fallen over had it not been for Risha's quick reflexes. Slowly now, it's not gravity per se that is different she explained as she steadied Anna. It is you. You are in essence here without baggage. Emotional baggage, that is. Unless you think about it and recreate it, you're sort of clear. It makes you experience your body as lighter. That and the quietness of my mind, I observed. Where before there was chatter, all was now quiet. A kind of neutral observation of the surroundings, in a body that felt new. Only the essence of who you are followed, not the emotional wounds and worries, the fears specific to this incarnation. All the hurt stored in the tissue and fascia of the body did not come with us. This body is new, a temporary recreation, just present in the very moment, I heard Risha explain. I nodded internally. We walked around the sofa, then around the cabin. He was not that difficult to get used to, and soon felt almost normal. I observed my physical centre of gravity being slightly different to what I was used to. After a few minutes of hits and misses, Anna and I felt confident enough to walk unsupported. Anna attempted a cartwheel with a wee. Risha patted the sofa armrest. Come on, you giglets. We need to talk first before we step outside. I pulled down off the floor and nearly fell over myself as we did a high five before attempting to pull ourselves together. Right, Alexia said. Listen up, please. You know how you are supposed to be careful. In science fiction films where people time travel, they are always reminded to avoid running into themselves and causing time paradoxes. That goes for timeline travel too. Attempt to be an observer only and as inconspicuous as possible. Jacqueline, you do not need to worry because you are not in this location on this timeline. Just watch what you say, really. If in doubt, just smile and nod. 
Anna, however, is here. Oh my goodness, I get to meet myself! Anna promptly plopped down on the sofa. That's just wild! You do? Alexia fixed Anna with a stare to underline the seriousness of the situation. To her, you're simply a doppelganger, a curious coincidence, and that's the way we will treat it, Risha said sternly. I'm Alexia's twin sister, adopted at birth. My other sisters live near Lacha, and our parents aren't here anymore to blow that cover. Anyway, people are far too busy with their own lives to pay much attention or worry about a few visitors. Just be verbally frugal, instead of your naturally verbose self. Vague and non-committal with what you say, okay? Anna and I nodded in tandem. I am not as close to Anita as Risha tells me she is to you, Alexia continued. We are just colleagues, teachers at the same school. We started around the same time. Anita fresh from university in Lacha, while I was going back to work after being a stay-at-home mum. Should we make a move? Anita will be on her afternoon break around 2pm. Anita, little Anna, Anna said. Anita, to distinguish her from the other Anna, who was a bit touchy about being called Big Anna. I hated being called Anita. I looked at Anna. My mother used to call me that as a child. All righty. This will be interesting, I'm sure. What does she teach? Art. Art? Amazing, I said and winked at Anna. Wow, an artsy fartsy me. This I want to see. Vamonos. Let's go. This Cordoba was still different, I observed. The cabin was no longer on the outskirts and had a few smaller companions nearby. The town itself was more town-like, bigger and louder, more people milling about. Where Cordoba 2.0 was quite relaxed and sleepy, this was more vibrant and colourful. Any other differences were more subtle. I heard Risha point out that this Cordoba which are named 3.0 for the sake of my mental filing system, also had free energy, but it was more economically driven. Though there were growing pods like the ones we had left behind, they were larger and not as frequent. We also walked past the seed bank on our way to the school. Anita, of course, was a lot like Anna, but with spiky hair dyed blue and denims, less thoughtful and more self-assured. Incontestably passionate about her chosen subject, engaging from the students around, popular as a teacher. Over tea, she told us conversationally that she was saving up to take a year out to study art at three other institutes, one term at each. She was looking forward to meeting others of a similar ilk and seeing new vistas, as well as learning new things and making friends. The hour's recess flew by, and before long, Anita and Alexia said their goodbyes and left for their respective classes. The three of us meandered through the streets before arriving at the luscious park housed under a giant dome, a feature unique to Cordoba 3.0. I noticed how it felt like a different place, yet felt confused because of the visual similarities. Here there are no food banks, Risha said in hushed tones. Healthcare is subsidized but not free. People are more competitive, more reactive, go-getters. 
I thought about the lively exchanges we'd observed on the lawn after leaving the cafeteria. Students, possibly in their last year, were having a kind of debating club. It had cheered me up greatly to listen to the sparring between them, with none of the usual sexist undertones and put-downs. And more competitive at sports, Anna noted, watching a group of children kick a football around. I wonder if there are any other timelines where women were not just considered equal, but even superior to men. Of course there are, Risha replied, and in the past there has been societies on our timeline too, that honoured women more and in different ways too. This one is actually pretty close when it comes to equality. But have you noticed how no one seems to be staring in a predatory manner? Yes, I noted. It makes me feel a lot safer. I'd like to visit some matriarchal timelines with you, if that would be at all possible, Anna said to Risha, if only to find hope and inspiration, if nothing else. Better turn your thoughts to what you'd like to see as your own future, what positive changes you can make for yourself, more constructive. As always, you're right, Anna said with a sigh. She squeezed Risha's arm affectionately. But sometimes it would be reassuring to actually see somewhere that has been already achieved, even if it is on another timeline, or in the past or future. I agree, I said. Up until now I'd been mostly quiet and listening to my friends discussing the differences in low voices. Let's head back to the cabin and our own timeline, Risha said. My stomach is insisting it's getting close to dinner time. I know from experience just how difficult it can be to relax and stay focused at the same time, if you're hungry. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Andino Andina is written, read, edited and produced by me. Copyright Liz Rosales, 2014 and 2021.